This is On Location. I'm Joe Mamlin. Today's episode was recorded from the farthest points of our country, from Anchorage, Alaska, and Newark, New Jersey. But first, On Location is produced by the NCF Communications Committee with support from committee co-chairs Robbie Endress and Judith Green, with special help from the podcast subcommittee chair, Tim Leitner. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public, among others. So subscribe on your favorite podcast service and tell all your friends. On today's show, Tim has a conversation with Larry Ashbridge, the Chief of Child Support Enforcement Probation Services from the state of New Jersey. And they discuss what New Jersey is doing to assist parents who are in the probation system with child support obligations, as well as talking about the new normal of conducting business during the pandemic. It's going to be a great show, so stick around and we'll be right back. on location and we're coming to you from two farthest points in our nation today from new jersey and alaska today on location is featuring larry ashbridge larry is the chief of child support enforcement probation services for the state of new jersey we are excited for him to talk about what new jersey is doing to assist paying parents in a probation system that have child support cases Larry, thanks for joining us today. I wanted to give this over to you just for an opportunity to take and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about you. And thank you, Tim. Thank you, NCA. My name is, like Tim said, my name is Larry Ashbridge. I am the Chief of Child Support Enforcement uh, for the Probation Services for the state of New Jersey. Uh, I work with the New Jersey Judiciary, uh, which we contract with our uh, State 40 Agency, which is the Division of Family Development with Human Services to operate our child support program here in New Jersey. Been with the program for about 11 years. I uh, worked my way up from a caseworker up to now chief of child support enforcement. So I know that uh, like probably New Jersey, like the rest of the country right now is really uh, having some changes in how child support is managed or worked on a day-to-day -day basis with the uh, current pandemic of COVID-19. Larry, how has that kind of changed in your office with day-to-day uh, -day operations? Yeah, it, it's definitely been something that's been pretty interesting to, to say the uh, least. The way it's, uh, I guess, evolved here since uh, since I guess late February is is when it really started to kick off around here. We we went full remote probably within about a week or two of being told that we all had to be out of our offices. So from going from a, a full office statewide, we have 21 counties. 
Uh, we have about 800 to 900 workers just in the child support enforcement who all used to be in an office to then working remotely and, and trying to figure out what this Zoom thing was and what this Teams, uh, Microsoft Teams were and how do we do uh, remote working and keep child support flowing to the to the families of New Jersey that need it uh, was pretty interesting. But uh, I think our team has stepped up really well. It's It's been an amazing experience to see how we've been able to do it and how we've been able to go. But it's we are all working remotely at this point, and, and we have some plans coming up to hopefully start getting back to, I guess, whatever our new normal will be uh, shortly. Yeah, that, that new normal is going to be very interesting to see how it kind of shakes out and, and to see really how remote working continues at some level, maybe for different offices or, or different locations. I know for me, I'm, I'm doing remote working most of the time at home uh, at my dining room table, and that's just a different feel. Today, I'm in the office here, downtown Anchorage, probably in here once every three weeks. Larry, what's your spot at home? I mean, are you at the dining room table? Do you have a, an office you can kind of sequester away? What's what's your um, kind of your favorite location to work from at home? Yeah, so it's it's been interesting, too, because I have uh, I have three young daughters who have been going to school and they actually just finished up school this week, uh, along with my wife being home, too. So it's trying to find a space for five people in, in the house to try to be able to get their own work done and separate. So unfortunately I kind of get kicked around, I guess I, I give my girls the best spaces to, to work. So they, they usually commandeer the, uh, the kitchen table or, or the, or the better areas. So sometimes I get kicked into the basement, uh, when it's really nice. And sometimes I can get outside for a little bit or I go into my office at work, but most of the time I have a, I have a little area I can, I can get away with and, and kind of, uh, steal away while I make sure I can still get the Wi-Fi connection I need to to keep my work rolling. Right. There's a lot of, a lot of sharing. I mean, sharing of spaces, sharing of Wi-Fi. You're right. A lot of challenges we're all facing. So let me kind of transition into why we're here today. I wanted to um, really hear about what New Jersey has going on. Uh, your intensive supervision program, ISP, the participants, and really what you're doing to break down the wall between supervision and child support. I know this year our NCA president, Angela Gray, has really set the theme for NCA to highlight engagement. And I think that's exactly what New Jersey uh, has been doing and is, is continuing to do. Uh, but I really wanted to hear from you about this really exciting program. To me, it's exciting. And uh, I'm just going to really turn it over to you, Larry, and let you have free reign. Uh, I might have some questions that I'll try to um, interject here as we go along. But I, I really want to give you the opportunity to share with our NC on location folks what you're doing there in New Jersey. Great. So uh, where we started was, or uh, where we started from, where New Jersey was one of the leaders in bail reform. I think that's a big topic that's been going on nationwide. So trying to look at to make things a little fairer in the world of bail reform, our judiciary kind of tasked us with looking at everything we have, uh, making sure that we're looking at the way we the way we implement all of our programs, the way we do everything, a lot of the I know going to the NCA meetings and all some of the other uh, companies that we go to and the and the conferences, we hear a lot about like working in silos and, and trying to get out there and connect with people and engage. Uh, and I think Tan Tangela's uh, vision for NCA this year of the engagement is a great. Uh, opportunity for us to highlight one of the things that we did to get a couple of our units working better together. So, like I said, New Jersey went through bail reform, and then we also, our probation services, which is the actual supervision of clients, uh, started going through a shift where we started looking at 
what we call in uh, evidence-based practices uh, rather than outcome-based practices. Uh, so it's a shift away from punishment and enforcement and monitoring uh, to more of promoting positive behavioral changes and successes uh, so that we can assist clients uh, with every aspect of their life. So when we looked at more of like a punishment enforcement, and if you look at the data, it doesn't produce the same kind of results long term that we would get from actually changing behavioral changes uh, and attitudes towards it. Uh, so one of the things we wanted to do was try to bring figure out how we can get uh, child support into that also uh, and try to make it so it's a more well-rounded approach. So what we basically started with was we started with an idea that came out of uh, one of our assistant chiefs in, or I'm sorry, our chief in uh, one of our counties to try to try to make a better resolution between probation and probation child support enforcement and probation supervision. So what they started to look at was they started to look at why are we, we kind of treating probation supervision clients and child support clients completely separately when they have some of the same issues and they then they overlap a lot people that have supervision also have to pay their child support and vice versa uh in new jersey we actually have a standard condition of probation which says that they have to support uh clients have to support uh their dependents and meet their family responsibilities uh they can actually face a violation of probation if they fail to meet that condition uh, so what we wanted to do was we kind of wanted to build a program around that to see what we could do to try to help our clients build that more well-rounded aspect rather than feeling like they were talking to two complete different silos, providing information back and forth, that type of thing. So anytime we try anything new, our probation director, Rashad Shabaka Burns, is always big on data and data analytics uh, and having our data drive our decisions. Uh, so when we start looking at these projects or, or whenever we want to try to develop something, we always have to bring analytics and data to the front to show how we're doing it, why it's going to benefit, who's it's going, who it's going to help, what are some of the possible downfalls that we could see, will it negatively affect anybody, uh, and all of those things. And then we have to prove and answer those questions as we go through the process. So originally, the Visnage started working on it. Uh, the Visnage was a small county three small counties. Uh, so they had about 80, uh, I want to say 80 to 84 clients uh, that they had to bring in that had joint child support issues and joint supervision issues. So what we did was we started identifying those clients in both of our systems uh, and started having conversations. So our conversations take place at uh, new case intake. So when we when we get a brand new case, whether it's on the supervision uh, side or it's on the child support side, uh, we begin to have those conversations with the client to make sure that they know that they have to comply with all aspects of all their orders and they can't just kind of pick and choose which one they would want to comply with. Uh, we also do that anytime we have a meeting with the person. So anytime there's a, a, a client contact, as we call it, if there's a phone call, if it's a face-to-face -face meeting, uh, any anything like that, a case review, we make sure that the child support is part of the conversation on the supervision side, and we and we make sure that they're abiding by what they need to abide by on the supervision side when we talk to them about their child support cases. And then finally, if if we get to a scenario in either one of the units where we would have to face some type of a uh, enforcement remedy, whether it be a violation of probation, 
uh, whether it be a court hearing or a bench warrant hearing, any of those type of things. Uh, we make sure that we check to see how they're doing on the other side. Uh, so to say, like we make sure that the, the supervision is being followed through on or if we see if they're not paying their child support type of thing. And we kind of lump that all together when we go in front of the court to make sure that we can have some of these things addressed. We found that, that it worked really well. Uh, it's, it's been a it's been a pretty good in, indication that when we use those small 84 clients to begin with in uh, Visage 13 here in New Jersey, they had some really good results. Uh, and they started getting a lot of payments coming in. Uh, so the next thing for us was how can we increase it? I mean, in New Jersey, we have about 260,000 child support cases. Uh, so we're a decent size uh, with the amount of cases we have. So before going from 84 to 260,000 is a pretty big jump and a pretty big leap. Uh, so what we wanted to do was make sure that we were looking at it at a scenario where we could maybe increase it a little bit larger, uh, look at the pool a little bit bigger, measure the results, and kind of report from there and then see where we could get to from that point. Uh, so that's where ISP, uh, which Tim mentioned earlier, that's the New Jersey Intensive Supervision Program. Uh, the Intensive Supervision Program uh, works inside the Probation Services Unit in New Jersey to deal with clients that are coming out of jail before their term would be ending in uh, either prison uh, sentences. So they, they do a lot of work with their clients. Like, like the name uh, implies intensive supervision is just that they meet a lot regularly with their clients. Uh, there's a lot of home visits, unexpected visits. They have to go as far as making uh, budgets to make sure that they can cover all of their food and their housing and all of those type of things. And what we found was prior to us really starting this conversation was child support wasn't involved in their budget making process. So what we wanted to do was we, we partnered with our partners over in ISP, intensive supervision, to see if we can have child support added into that program. Just have some information available, we can check on them, uh, let the clients know, let the workers know that they had child support cases. Uh, and then that way they can begin that conversation and, and going through those type of things. So give a little bit of the data behind it. Uh, I'm a self-proclaimed like numbers nerd. I, uh, I like the data and I like to, I like to kind of show it off. So one of the things that uh, we usually talk about is how are the numbers? What, what did we do? What was the outcome? Uh, and that's how we sell our projects to go to the next step. Uh, so in March of 2018, we had 1166 ISP participants that matched against the NJ Kids. Uh, NJ Kids is the New Jersey child support system that we use here uh, for enforcement and everything in New Jersey. Uh, so out of all the participants, uh, we had 257 of them that had active child support. They actually had 373 cases. So those uh, 257 persons that were uh, paying support matched uh, 373 child support cases. Uh, when we looked at the collection rate of those 373 cases, uh, we came in right about 63%. Not too bad, uh, but at the time, our state average was about 68%. Uh, so we were wondering why these, why this individuals, and, and the same thing with the supervision matches, why we were getting a lower collection rate uh, on these when 
when the people in these programs are required to have jobs, they're required to abide by their court orders, why we had a little bit of a lower collection rate. Uh, and then a number, another number that we captured was out of those 373 cases, uh, we had about 164 were receiving payments. So right around that same percentage, but a uh, little bit less than the 63% that were making full payments. We only had about 164 that were actually getting payments on the 373 cases. So what we did was we implemented the same program uh, that the smaller vicinage had tried, uh, and then we kind of took it to a little bit larger level with ISP. So uh, for a couple months, it was about a five to six month span. Uh, we held trainings for the ISP officers to kind of introduce them to child support. Uh, we all know working in child support, sometimes it's like the moon to other people. Uh, they don't really understand all the little intricacies we have. Uh, so we really wanted to make sure that we could train them to get them at least uh, a baseline level of knowledge of how our program works and what we needed out of these clients uh, so that they could continue to work and, and be a part of the ISP program while also meeting their child support family obligations that they had. Uh, so in New Jersey, we also had a, a portal from our Division of Family Development. There was a portal built in for outside agencies. They signed kind of like an MOU type thing, uh, memorandum of understanding to be able to use some of this stuff and, and make sure that we're all on the same page in terms of confidentiality and those type of things. So once we got our ISP officers to that, they had to use that to check on to see how people were making out, uh, how their clients were making out in terms of their child support cases. Every time they met with their client, uh, they were they were discussing the child support, how they were going to be making the payments, where they were working at. Uh, they would be able to provide us with new employers, all of that type of thing uh, to be able to get us a better representation. So after about six months of that running, uh, we decided to take a look at the numbers again. And at that point, out of those 373 cases, uh, the number of cases that had a payment went from 164 up to 284. Uh, so we had about a 58% increase in just the number of cases that received a payment. And the collection percentage for those 373 cases went from 63% to 75%. So all in all, I mean, just with the ISP program a little bit larger than what the county was doing on a larger scale, uh, we were able to show that by implementing this program, we were able to get a 12% increase in collections on just those cases. That was able to give us the ammunition, uh, so to speak, to go back to our directors and talk about, hey, we really need to roll this out statewide to get everybody on board. Because once we see a 12% collection uh, increase, we immediately want to go run that and, and, and try to get that across the board for everyone. So over the last couple months now, what we've been doing is, is slowly ramping up to get to the point where we're going to release this statewide where all of our supervision clients, including the ISP, including that other counties that, that previously worked on this, now it's gonna be a statewide policy where every worker is gonna have that communication back and forth with their uh, supervision and child support officers to be able to make a more well-rounded probation case for these clients. Uh, and we're really excited to see, uh, hopefully what we think is gonna be another increase in our numbers. Larry, that's incredible. I was I was listening, and, and um, 
kind of looking at some of the numbers you've provided to me before our interview here, uh, but just looking at 78% of those on child uh, on supervision or that have the child support cases are making payments for their child support, looking that you're rolling this out statewide, going from three counties or three minimal locations to rolling it out statewide. This is a really big deal as far as collection of child support and supporting families and getting that money to the families so that they can support those children. So, you know, I, I truly believe that um, most parents, uh, including those that have been incarcerated or those that are now on supervision, they want to take care of their kids. Sometimes they just don't know how they're going to do it, especially with uh, limited resources. Uh, but this looks like it's an incredible way to connect and engage and um, get get those folks help to meet their obligations. You've kind of talked about it a little bit, but let me let me just ask, other than rolling this out statewide, is there any other uh, opportunities or avenues? Where, where do you see this program grow, uh, going and growing beyond just statewide? What else do you see happening with this? Yeah, so we're, we've been really excited with the results that we've seen. I, I know if you go and you talk to a lot of child support offices, I, I don't think anybody's really going to uh, bat their eye at a, a 12% increase in collections and say, yeah, I don't really want to be part of that. So what we what we started doing over this year, that unfortunately COVID kind of took a little bit of the uh, the wind out of our our sails, but we were looking at presenting these at at various conferences across the country, uh, just to kind of show people the way we did it and be a be kind of a sounding board, be kind of a resource for the rest of the the country and the other programs in the in the child support program to ask us the questions. How did we set it up? How did we overcome those obstacles that we we had to get? I mean. Something like this on a statewide program, it, it takes a lot of buy-in from a lot of people, and it's it's not always the easiest, and, and sometimes there's a lot of no's before the yeses. So that's that's the way we kind of designed our program. So what we were looking for once we get this out, and we'll be able to keep updating people with numbers on on how we've been able to do and and the benefits of this program. Uh, but one of the other things we were striving to work on is is to get this out to some other states to try to help bridge some of those gaps with the way their program works with enforcement and maybe their supervision. Uh, New Jersey is a little bit unique with the way we have it, where the enforcement and the uh, family divisions and our enforcement divisions and probation are within the judiciary, which also has the supervision of uh, probation clients. Uh, I know that's a little unique uh, nationwide, but to have us trying to break down some of those barriers here and then try to provide other people for the, the path to that same thing, at least try to get that conversation started. Uh, we would love to be able to, to say that we were able to roll this out first and, and get it going and then be able to help some other states uh, get it moving forward. So that way we can continue helping some of our child support clients nationwide. You know, Larry, I think that sometimes, uh, sometimes some of the best programs or um, way we offer services, uh, we kind of take and I won't say steal, but we kind of take and borrow it from each other. And I think you're absolutely right that this will be um, just an exciting thing to see how it continues to play out in New Jersey. And then to be able to share that with a larger child support community to see how we can glean from it and big borrow, and I'll just say the word steal, uh, steal those concepts and um, utilize what you've been doing uh, to make a difference in our child support communities. I, I was thinking here too, like I can't help but um, wonder, this this has to be fostering a, a more of a trusting relationship 
between these uh, paying parents in the ISP, the Intensive Supervision Program, and the Child Support Program. Can you can you tell us a little bit about feedback you've gotten from the clients that are receiving these services? Yeah, so uh, that's been that's been definitely a, a big, uh, I think, advantage of the program, especially with our ISP clients, the ones that are just being released uh, into the care of the ISP program. Uh, when people are typically coming out of some type of uh, incarceration, sometimes they don't even know where to start. They don't know where to go to get even basic things like how do I get a birth certificate that I don't know where is that from the time I went in to the time I got out or or those type of things. So paying support and and, and your child support uh, is important to get connected back in the family. Like we try to get those family bonds built. There's not as much animosity between parents if, if they at least know that there's some money flowing and, the, and they're trying to get their, their life back in, in an area where they can provide support. Uh, so that that's all been a big benefit, but I think just being able there to have somebody respond and be able to answer questions like, look, I really want to be able to do these things, but I don't even know where to start. So sometimes if, if people don't know where to start, the natural reaction is to just not do it. So with our program, that's one of the things that I think helps too is we kind of remove some of those barriers about, I don't know how to. So, I mean, we discussed with them, like New Jersey has a ton of payment options now. We, we've got some new things like you can download the New Jersey Child Support app and pay directly from the app uh, is one of our newest ones. Uh, we take payments from certain retailers. You can, you can walk into your local 7-Eleven here uh, in New Jersey and be able to make a child support payment. So some of those really innovative things that we've been working on throughout the entire program, we can really communicate those things and making trying to remove some of those barriers and just making the process overall easier for the clients uh, I think gives them a little bit more respect and familiarity with the program. So they're willing to continue to keep going because we're making it easier on them also. And we're answering those questions and we're there to provide the support for them. At, absolutely. I was, I was thinking as you were talking um, uh, last year at the leadership symposium, NCS leadership symposium uh, in Minneapolis, um, OCSC did a, uh, prisoner reentry simulation, and I happened to sit in on that one and, and participate. And boy, talk about you know talking about the barriers that we don't think about sitting on the other side of the table. Um, they're very real for people as far as you know how to get um, transportation or bus fare, or when your when your uh, financial resources are limited, and and um, getting documentation that you need to get other services, and the frustration can just build and build. And I I think you're ISP program here really takes and puts uh, help into the hands of these folks um, to really help to remove the barriers and to really uh, see progress and help them to support their families. So that's that's really an incredible, incredible thing. Yeah, we've, we've done a great job with it. And it's, we, we give a lot of, uh, we get a lot of uh, support and, and props to the ISP officers in New Jersey that that have kind of taken this on because this wasn't part of their duties uh, prior to us really doing this. Uh, and once they took on it, they they were the ones that owned it. And that twelve percent increase that we saw in collections uh, with their their clients, I mean, that's that's totally is a is a giant accolade for them just to, to be able to say like, look, this is what we were able to do. So, I mean, a hundred um, we went from one hundred and sixty four cases receiving a payment to two hundred and eighty four. So, I mean, 120 extra payments are being made on cases, which may have not gotten any payment before. So that's a, that's potentially another 120 families 
that are now receiving something towards their support uh, that can go to the to the welfare and the benefit of that child. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's 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 nothing to even uh, take lightly. That's that's a big increase. Larry, is there anything as we wrap up that you wanted to add to as far as uh, what ISP is doing? Let me also ask in the same context, how can folks contact you if they want more information to, to kind of get things started in their own localities? Yeah, so uh, you know, I'm more than willing to, to, to speak with anybody or have anybody contact me uh, directly if, you, if you'd like to uh, find out how we got started that. Like I said, we, we were working with NCA to, to potentially have this as a program at, at some of the conferences and, and stuff like that. Uh, nationwide but in the meantime uh they can contact me directly i mean my, my name is larry uh ashbridge so my my email is larry.ashbridge uh at njcourts.gov that's njcourts.gov so they can contact me directly and we can go through there uh contact nc and nc can probably put you in touch with me also uh to go about that but it's it's, it's really about trying to foster that that uh, collaborative effort with the rest of your your programs. It's all about those silos. Like I said, we, we used to talk about working in a silo and a client would have to come in and go see their child support officer potentially, maybe maybe spend some time with their child support officer and then they would have to go wait and then they would go sit with their supervision officer for a while and then they have to go see ISP type of thing. And, and all of that kind of just made it more frustrating for the clients too. So being able to break down those walls, as we, as, uh, we say, between supervision and child support enforcement was able to get us a better, well-rounded, more customer service friendly approach. Uh, and, and that just translated directly to the numbers that we, uh, we shared today. Well, we want to thank Larry Ashbridge for joining us today and for sharing about what New Jersey is doing to engage between supervision and child support and the positive impacts that it is having upon their community and their families. Larry, I want to also thank you for your ongoing support of NCA and for your service this year on the NCA Communications Committee. I'll, I'll tell you, it's been fun to get to know you more and to work alongside you with NCA, and I'm looking for more great things to come. Uh, not just in your sharing uh, in conferences about this ISP program, but just seeing what, what New Jersey has to offer and how we can take and collaborate and really engage with each other. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Tim, for this. Uh, we love listening to the NCA podcasts uh, when they come out. Uh, when we were all, before before all the COVID hit, we, we used to uh, all be able to go into the, the big conference rooms and we would put the... Uh, the web talks up on the screens and, and NCA always does a great job of providing a lot of information uh, along with putting on the two great conferences every, uh, every year. Uh, so we look, we, we hope to be able to get back to that uh, soon to be able to see everybody again so we can steal some ideas from other places, like you said, but we're, we're, we're very excited to be able to share this, uh, our program with the rest of the nation. Absolutely. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. This has been NCA on location from New Jersey and Alaska, and we'll talk with you next time.
thank you very much to Larry for joining us today. And as always, thanks very much to Tim Leitner for conducting the interview, but also for mixing and editing the podcast. On Location is available on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcast. We have a lot of great things on the way, so be sure to subscribe and listen to all of our episodes. We also appreciate your ratings, your feedback, your comments, and your suggestions. On Location is a production of the INSEA Communications Committee, with support from committee co-chairs Robbie Endress and Judith Green with special help from the podcast subcommittee chair, Tim Leitner. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Joe Mamlin, and this has been On Location. Location.